All right. All right. We might have to, like, I'll do this one more time, but we might have to just, like, sample this so we could use it at the beginning of every single one. <laughs> You're right. I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just going to record a really good one, and then we'll. I'm just going to, like, press play at some point, and that, yeah. that's going to be our opener. Go for it. <clears throat> Welcome to Saturday Morning Superstars. Might be the best so far. It was okay. I'll take that one. Hey, episode four, hitting your stride. I'm Dom. I'm Dan. <laughs> We're channeling our midlife crisis with this podcast by reliving our youthful late '80s, early '90s Saturday mornings of watching syndicated professional wrestling. Woohoo! Yeah. So week four. Week four. We're in. We got the opening credits. Uh, we've added some people. Have you noticed that they got some more more people in there? I, I wasn't sure if they had added people or not. I, I didn't go through it as in detail this time as, as I had in the past. I kind of figured they did because once I saw Macho last week, they, they took out um, they took out Piper and they put Macho in. And then I noticed Macho was there and I was like, and then I saw uh, Ellering. And I was like, was Ellering in it before? I can't remember. So I was like, well, that one. I have to go back and look at that one. I didn't. I didn't do that. But so I guess they did add people. Yeah. I don't know if they added or, or from last week or not. But here's who I didn't notice last time, at least. Ellering definitely, I think, was new. Piper's back. Piper's back. Piper. Piper's back. Shawn Michaels. There's more of him. There's at least one or two shots of him. Uh, someone who I believe is Virgil. If you blink, you'll miss him. But I think <laughs> it's Virgil. As, as it is in real life, yes. <laughs> yes. And they they got Papa Shango. Of course. Yeah, he's he's starting to make he's starting to to get get uh, more and more popular, it seems. It looks like they're through uh, you know, besides Hogan at the front and at the back, it looks like they've uh through all their big main event guys at the end. They have uh like back to back, they got Flair, they got Macho, they got Warrior, they got Hogan. Yes. Uh, I think you're starting to see a post WrestleMania hierarchy. Forming. They they've got their big names in there. Then they've got you know all their their names that people might not know. But you, you notice that like the people that are that you might not know are the ones that are doing like all the high flying stunts and everything and and doing like all the moves. Like those are the people that are showing for that. Whereas with Hogan and Macho and 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 Flair, it's just a shot of them because everybody knows who those guys are. I am noticing the second time around, there is no Sid. No Sid. Sid is one hundred percent out of this opening credit sequence. Well, that, that's that's going to come up a little bit later too. Yeah, because you have Shango Warrior. Yes, and Whippleman's out there. And Whippleman's actually doing something this week. Yes, he's actually. <laughs> we're jumping ahead of ourselves yeah let's hit the show we're 40 seconds in and we are in a new location yay kalamazoo out kalamazoo out syracuse new york okay so it is the syracuse new york 
Onondaga, is that how I say that? Onondaga War Memorial. Yeah, on on Onondaga, which is now the Upstate Medical Arena at the On Center War Memorial. So they changed the the name of the War Memorial and they changed the name of the arena, home of the Syracuse Crunch hockey team. The Crunch. The Crunch. It is Mother's Day. Mr. Perfect is in. I I swear to God I own this. (laughs) I had the gold shirt. It was corduroy. It actually made a noise when you move. Yes. Gotta love the corduroy sound. I, I had the tie. Vince is wearing his three-piece blue announcing thing again as he usually well he's the he's the straight man in all of this yeah um they start off with a bunch of uh mother's day banter uh back and forth and then perfect just starts they, they got out of the dad joke uh stuff with this week but they, then perfect just starts throwing insults at mcmahon and his mother and, and mcmahon's like you leave my mother out of this and <laughs> perfect just like he starts complimenting his mother and saying that she's almost perfect yes yeah. well he, she's the perfect mother but not as perfect as he is establishing himself as quite the heel well his dad's larry the axe what do you think the mother was <laughs> uh, uh uh carla the tablespoon <laughs> we are quickly uh getting into what's uh, on the menu today we have flair versus slaughter good uh the debut of crush okay so i figured it out because there, there are there's really two crushes <laughs> here. The crush from from demolition, and this is like crushed light. It's the same guy, but we're not supposed to know it's the same guy because, and he goes by the same name, but we're not supposed to know he goes by the same name. He's, you know, you change up his colors, you take off the face paint. It can't possibly be the same guy. Totally different dude. I remember being uh, young and. My uncle having to point out that, hey, Repo Man is Smash. Yes. But I definitely knew who Crush was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like... It took me a little while to realize that Repo Man is Smash. But uh, yeah, because he's got the mask on, you know, instead of the face paint. How would you be able to tell? And he looks smaller, too. Yeah, totally different outfit. Mm-hmm. He went from paint to a mask. Mm-hmm. His hair was a different haircut. He lost a long, yeah. long hair. And he talked in a really squeaky high voice. And he was doing the sneaky moves. Like, nothing about... Repo Man reminded me of Smash. Completely different. But Crush is Crush. Crush is Crush. But it's Crush Light. Crush Light. Crush with extra added flavor. We have the return of the Vice President-elect Kamala. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Seeing uh, Kamala here actually made me very happy. I love Kamala. I'm going to save it for when we get to the Kamala match. I'm a Kamala Mark. Yes, yes. And uh, Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom is back for yet another match. They don't mention it at the uh, onset, probably because it's the very first match. So why bother saying, hey, today you'll see uh, Bret Hart. But Bret Hart's the first match. No screech to the theme. I appreciate that. I did not like the screechy whammy bar sound effect before Um, the Hitman thing. No, it just starts in with the the low guitar crunch. Loved it. uh, Coming in. Uh, Of course, they're playing up Mother's Day as much as they possibly can, saying Bret Hart is one of 12 children. So pay tribute to Helen Hart. Let's let's, you know, moment of silence there. Moment of silence. Oh, my goodness. Get that woman some ice. Yes, exactly. I'm surprised the last one they just didn't have a target for. (laughs) Just Stu, get off of her. Yes. 
going on there? Bret Hart was on my Mount Rushmore at this time. Like he was one of my favorite wrestlers. Certainly. His old jacket, not this one. He's wearing his motorcycle uh, jacket with Hitman and a skull on the back. Yeah. Uh, but like his old one that kind of looked like it had epaulets and it looked like a uh, marching band uniform. Mm hmm. We literally designed our high school marching band uniform after the Hitman's jacket. <laughs> nice. And the and the thing from Star Trek, thing that would fall down. I don't even know what it's called. Oh yeah, the little the fold. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, he's 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 now a little bit more badass. He's in he's in leather. Yes, but I mean leather equals badass in this in this age. Our uh, red tight is Von Cross. Von Kruss, who is, it says from Germany, but he's not really from Germany. Did you look up Von Kruss? I decided to do a little bit of a deep dive into it because we've been spending so much on our red tights. So I feel like we need to, uh, we, we owe them a debt of gratitude for what they do. <laughs> we should do a little bit of deep dive. I, I found uh, a bunch of things on many of our red tights this week, but uh, Von Kruss, uh, his real name is Vito Lagrasso. Uh, he's an American. Uh, he also wrestled in WCW as Big Vito. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I remember Big Vito. He becomes Big Vito? He becomes Big Vito. Right now, he looks like Vin Diesel's Afterbirth. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks terrible. Yeah. He looks like Colt Cobana's side effect. <laughs> I, I'm looking at this guy, and it's like, his name is Von Cross. I mean, like. Yes, that's a, that's a badass name. It's a great name. It's a yeah. what a waste of a name on this guy. I know, right? Yeah, he becomes Big Vito in WCW. That's crazy. All right, well, good for him. Yeah, um, we have uh, an eleven-year-old holding up a Hitman poster where he's posing. Mm -hmm. uh, some guy gets his glasses that I had to pay for. I, had to, I bought those. <laughs> yes, some little kid gives him gives him a little, you know, slappy five. Hitman's the Intercontinental Champ, and this this. About five years on either end of this broadcast, probably my favorite error for the Intercontinental Championship. Sure. It was, it was never as good after this era. And um, like it was the worker belt. He had the good wrestler have it. Mm -hmm. They held it for a while. Yeah. So it kind of established that they were, you know, real champions. Uh, and it was the only one you saw on TV. Like you never saw the world title, unless it was a Saturday night's main event or something. Yeah. Uh, you had to pay to see the champ. Yeah. You had to pay to see the champ wrestle. Like he would do, he would do promos, but you would never see the champ wrestle. Never see a marquee match. Never see him with a red tight. Like this was, nope. this was the championship you got to see every week. So yep. I, I was a big IC champ fan around this time. Um, they're talking Sean. Yes. Sean's going to be the thorn in his side forever. Yes. And so they do go to a picture, picture of Sean Michaels. Um, and it, it, you know, his promos, it, it, based on the promos that I'm watching throughout this entire show, this was, this was probably one of the better ones. Like Shawn Michaels, like once again, uh, I think I said this a couple of episodes, but this is one of my favorite errors of Shawn Michaels, just the cocky, mm -hmm. you know, a, even with, even with Sherry by his side, just like fawning all over him. It just, you know, it made him seem like... It, it brought him out of like that that old school like rocker feel and and gave him a larger than life persona. In hindsight, he actually backs up everything he says in his promo. He's like dynasty in the making. Mm -hmm. He's gonna break hearts, including the hitmans. And yeah, he, he certainly did that. So. Yes, he, well, he certainly did. <laughs> he certainly did. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. It's like everything he says comes true. Yes, he actually lives this gimmick. 
<laughs> yeah, Von Cross gets like two hits in, but that's all he gets. We get some, but not all of Brett's five moves of doom before the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Gets a couple of them in, and just sharpshooters them up. Yeah, it was over. I felt I felt like most of that match was Shawn Michaels' promo. Yeah, it was because you weren't even watching the the match. You know, you had the promo on there. You get your eyes are immediately drawn to the promo, and as soon as the promo is over, he's going for the sharpshooter. There was three moves outside of that promo. Everything else was like during the during the promo. That's it. Yeah, and I think one of them was Von Cross's. He got a shot at. That was it. There's a mom and a daughter in the audience that like are both equally in love with Brett the Hitman. <laughs> this little girl's jumping up and down, and her mom is equally jumping up and down. So, oh my goodness, this is some fan fiction in the making with uh, mother, daughter, and Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, already at the second segment. It is uh, four minutes into the show. That was it. Yeah, we've had the the theme. We've had the introductions. We have the what's going to be on the show. We've had a match and an interview. And uh, we're, we're already in. It's an update from the pages of a new... A new one, yes. WWF Magazine. We got no uh, Miss Elizabeth on the cover. This is... Uh, Who? Main events of WrestleMania 8 are on the cover. Yes. Uh, mean Gene plugs uh, WWF merchandise catalog. Yes. Um, I actually own some of this stuff. I had the macho glasses that they're selling, which <laughs> in hindsight, I never should have bought because they look like bad Oakleys. Okay. And they weren't like the macho goggles with the tape on them that's cut in like checkered patterns that are all wavy. No. No, they were just fake Oakleys. No. Oh. Yeah, Folkleys. Nice. No, the Folkleys. Oh, it was bad. Oh. So they, you got uh, you got a picture of a macho. You get so you, you once again we're establishing some of the big big people on there with that with the cover of the magazine. You got pictures of macho. You got picture of Hulk. You got Ultimate War. Three articles are advertised on the cover, and it says Macho Man, Hulkster, and tribute to Hulk. So Hulk not even on the show. No. At this point, he's taking his break. He's he's off in you know Venice Beach somewhere, um, and they've got two articles on him. Yeah, and remember last week they had the uh, the behind the scenes of that uh, meet and greet, and Hulk came out with his family, and there was a big poster, the real champion. So it's like, hey, you know, we still we still have Hulk. He's, you don't see him right now, but he's still here. <laughs> well, I remember them kind of hyping WrestleMania eight as it could be his last match, and he hasn't been around. He's been. Mm-hmm. They keep on br- bringing up his name just in case, but uh, at this point, I think we're moving on. We're moving yes. on from Sid. I think we're moving on from Hulk at, yeah, at this point. Sid kind of went away. We get a uh, recap of Wrestling Challenge, which I kind of wish they had on the network. They don't have Challenge on the network. Yeah, they do not have Challenge right now on the network, because so, otherwise we could go back and forth with this. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, when they said the match, I was like, wait, that wasn't last week. I was like, oh, shoot, that's a Challenge match. We didn't get to see that match. because we, we didn't. Yeah. It was uh, Bulldog versus Repo. I remember seeing this one. Repo uh, starts beating Bulldog with a hook. Yes. And then hangs Davy Boy Smith with his tow rope. Yes. Yeah. He knocks out Danny Davis, who is yeah. once again a referee. He, he yeah. went back to refing after his little stint as a wrestler. The evil referee Danny Davis. He, yes, evil referee Danny Davis. They kind of soft pedal the fact that they hung a guy by just doing a lot of dog stuff. Yeah. Oh, this was in, inhumane. Inhumane, yes. He was collared. It wasn't even inhumane. It was almost inhumane. I'm like, almost what are you that? no, that was in, that was <laughs> certainly <laughs> inhumane. He's being hung. They're calling it a leash. Like yeah. they're just bringing 
in the dog. Oh. I had to rewind it because Bulldog is like sporting the typical wrestling super tan. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the interview, Vince mentions that, oh, my God, could you see the rope marks on his neck? Yeah. And I was like, I did not. I did not see them. <laughs> so I rewound it. And yeah, sure enough, he's got like swollen, puffy rope marks on his neck. So oh. um, either makeup or legit, he's got some, uh, some marks from this hanging. Well, he may, I mean, even if it wasn't, you know, a real hanging, because you could clearly see that his feet were on the ground uh, uh, when he was being hung over there. Um, you know, he made it look as, as real as he could. He was probably putting some weight into it. So just enough that he wouldn't like, choke himself out yeah cool segment we didn't get to see i guess that was the name versus name on the challenge show it certainly was we are now uh, back into the ring and red tight sunny blaze is there okay so not a lot uh, on sunny blaze uh there is a website that kind of lists these guys really it's like the it's like an imdb for i think it's all wrestlers but i was only looking up red tights but it's it's hilarious for these red tights because it'll say like you know who they wrestled uh who won the match and, and you know if if they wrestled with a tag team partner i'll say that and just uh, like these red tights all it's like defeat 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 all the way down the list this is like oh my god like how do you i i mean i, I they're getting paid i get that and right. everything and they're getting like their two minutes of recognition but it's just like you just just no love nothing no it's like being the the basketball team that always goes against the globe trotter yeah i guess so like your job is to lose to them is. Even though there's some instances where they won, yeah, the globe jotters weren't paying attention to the <laughs> score, and they ran out of time to beat them. Oops. We have Doctor Doctor Harvey Whippleman. Yes. Yeah, I'm a little. Uh, I want to see that dissertation. Uh, yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think face? he was accredited. No. He actually gets on the mic and speaks, and he's been out like what well, we see him. We saw him in a promo. We saw him on a live uh, broadcast. Yes. Neither time did he do anything. At all. Last week, I think I stated that he was like, like uh, green screened in behind Sid. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even think he was there. I don't think he was there. That's, I'm still sticking to that. He just looks like he's standing there, <laughs> like reacting to a video of Sid. He gets to introduce Kamala with Kim Chi. Who is? Who was Kim Chi? The Brooklyn Brawler. No. Steve, Steve Lombardi plays Kim Chi. So in his spare time, when he's not the Brooklyn Brawler, he is Kim Chi. Yeah, I looked that up. I knew they masked him up because he wasn't whatever they were claiming he was. I figured it was somebody that people would recognize if they're going to put a mask on him, yeah. Kamala is being uh, brought to the audience by way of uh, Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, wondering if he's Idi Amin. So we're very current <laughs> in our events, being that Idi Amin was uh, exiled from Uganda in 1979. Yes. <laughs> I, I love Kamala so much. It's, it's so goofy. Uh, the whole a whole act is just perfect. Like yes. he, he's got the dance, he's got his, his gimmicks, he's patting his tummy, yep. he's got the face paint with the moon and the stars yes. and the stuff, and oh, I just love the whole whole look. I actually enjoyed this match. His offense is so bad. Yeah, they enjoyed the <laughs> match great. because like the, the offense is so bad, but it fits with his character, Yeah, which is hilarious. It's like he, he throws the guy against the ropes, and then he just like 
gives him like puts puts his fingers in front of him, and, and and Vince is just like, oh, what a vicious chop! I was like, that wasn't a chop. I was like, he just put his fingers on his throat. It's it's literally like he plays a caged animal. They let him out. He yes. has no idea where he is or what to do. He yep. just there's a guy in the ring that he wants to to kill, but doesn't know what to do with him. Yes, I like when he's trying to pin the guy. <laughs> But he doesn't know anything about pinning him. Yes, he's just like I know I'm supposed to do something while he's on the ground. Yes, the guy's on the on his on his belly. Sunny Blaze is on his belly. Yeah. He's still <laughs> he's still trying to pin him, and then like yeah. trying to convince him. No, no, you got to turn him around. You see, Doctor Wimbledon and Kimchi on the side. Flip him over. Flip him over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good that was so awesome it's like he has no idea about wrestling he no. doesn't even know why he's there why are you here he take off his mask and he always looks like he's confused with the world around him <laughs> it is exactly like king kong when like they open up the uh yeah the stage and he's there and people are there and he's just like where am i why am i, <laughs> why here? Am I here what am i doing here exactly oh uh, they have uncaged this animal so he can rip red tights apart. <laughs> I love Kamala so much. Oh, it's such a great act. It's such a great act. Yes. Uh, here, here's what's not awesome. At nine minutes and 47 seconds, we get El Matador. Oh, God. You know, and I love Tito Santana, but this was just horrible. I hate, I hated it. If you could take his outfit, mm -hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Forget that he was a bullfighter. Just like if he's in a bullfighting outfit and he takes the jacket off and then he's just in glittery uh, green tights. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Yeah. It's like the dragon Ricky Steamboat did not act like a dragon after the entrance. No. Uh, you got this Mexican trumpet fanfare. Which is awful. It's like the most generic Mexican Casio music that they could possibly <laughs> come up with. It's so awful. After that, you get the, the fake mariachi, easy listening. Yes. Music coming in. It's, it gets no one excited about it. Yeah. Uh, our red tight is Bob Bradley. Okay. So here's, here's a little bit of knowledge about Bob Bradley. And I had, I had to look this up because I, I wasn't sure of the character. But do you remember a character called Battle Cat? No, I don't remember Battle Cat. So apparently Battle Cat wrestled in like 1990 he was only there for like a year or so like a cup of coffee basically right um he was not the original battle cat <laughs> but he was a red tight against battle cat and that who was um brady boone was the the original and then uh when brady boone left it was basically like he had like a, a luchador mask on but it had like ears okay you know like cat ears uh, when Brady Boone left it, Bob Bradley actually took that role over. So he's Battle Cat 2. He's Battle Cat 2. Electric Boogaloo. Yes, he was. <laughs> Cat Harder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He also uh, donned the cat mask and utilized his gymnastic background to emphasize his cat-like agility. Pinned the Brooklyn Brawler six days later, he was won his televised debut uh, over Bob Bradley, um, Battlecat remained undefeated on house shows and then defeated Paul Diamond on October 30th. Blah, blah, blah. Um, there, and, and then uh, after he left, then uh, yeah, Bob Bradley became the Battlecat character. Neat. Well, yeah, my, my, I said it in my notes. He looks like he could be a guy who breaks in because he, he's in great shape. Yeah, he was well built. Perfect mentions. He's an experienced wrestler. He was actually the the one that like me because 
I, I was like, oh, he looks like he could like be somebody like maybe in some, you know, territory somewhere. Right. So that's what maybe like prompted me to look him up. And I found out all this. So I was like, I wonder if, if any of the other guys were. So that's why I have all this useless information about our red sites this week. He just looked like he's a little bit more put together than the average like skinny dude. They get to like take hits. Exactly. They cut to this little girl with binoculars, uh, which I guess they're like, oh, she has binoculars. Isn't that cute? But isn't that the last thing you want to do when you're showing? <laughs> Buy tickets. You'll be so far away. <laughs> You'll need binoculars. You'll need binoculars. But she's got to be in like the first row. Yeah, she's probably she's probably pretty close. Her parents didn't tell her. <laughs> They're just like, just bring the binoculars. We don't know where we're sitting. They don't have cameras in the upper deck taking pictures of the fans. No, I remember like bringing binoculars to Phillies games in, in Veterans Stadium, like when you're up in like the the 600 level like yeah that's when you would bring binoculars like but... and, and uh, you bring a mitt just in case yes just in case paul bunyan was off the bat <laughs> exactly yeah nobody's sitting in the 600 level but uh yeah the, i mean these these arenas that they're playing in are certainly not that big despite the fact that you got a guy who was somebody for a second and a guy who was somebody for longer than a second the announcers aren't even talking about anything going on no perfect is reading a letter from nails who's still the convict yes uh, the convict is free now yes coming after the boss man who is a pig without a prayer i gotta ask again how did this guy get parole <laughs> i wrote the same exact thing down i was like he's writing threatening letters to a cop <laughs> hey i'm out now i'm coming for you this has got to violate parole nobody nobody caught this <laughs> yeah what halfway house is he at <laughs> oh he's going to the wwf oh he'll be fine hey isn't where isn't that where that cop he's obsessed about <laughs> working he wants to kill maybe a restraining order is all i'm saying yeah yeah Something, something close. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, a thousand yards from the boss man at any time is part of the parole. He has already threatened uh, death, and he's been in jail, so you know he'll do it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a track record. He's got to do some precedence. Yes. Uh, Tito looks old in his face, but he's flying around great. Yeah. Like, he's doing all right. He did He did uh, some great wrestling. Actually, Bradley gets um, some good moves as well. I thought this was a, this was a fair match. I noticed that uh, with Tito's flying forearm, I don't know if this was just a a, um, a stereotypical Vinceism, but he calls it the Pasa Doblete. If I get that correct, no, this was his new finisher, and I don't think it's a flying forearm anymore. I think it's a. This is the weird thing. So I wrote about this. He does this bull thing where he like holds up horns like he's a bull. Yeah. They call his finisher. Okay. And then his finisher is off the ropes. He goes and he hits the guy in the head with his fist from the like from the back. Okay. It's not the flying forearm anymore. I thought it was like a flying forearm just hitting him from the back. And then like the guy the guy was like half down on the on the mat too. So it was like he was coming down on him. Maybe he just took it poorly, but I thought it I thought the new move was kind of like the spike in the back, like he's uh, like right on his head, like he's spiking his head with his fist. Yeah, I guess kind of like how you would stab a bull with a sword. <laughs> but of all the bull-like things you can use, like why not the spear? Why not like yeah. the gore of all things? You know, oh, that would gore him. Yeah. Yes, gore him. But uh, yeah, such a dumb finisher for a bull theme. 
And, and here's the thing I don't understand. He is the matador. So the, the whole purpose of a matador is to stay away from the bull, isn't it? Right. You get as close as you can, but then you're you're out of the way with the with the cape or whatever. That could have been a really cool thing. Like a very defensive yes type thing where he gets out of the way and the guy might hit the hit the ring post exactly then he could show more of his his matador skills that he worked so hard and trained so hard on you know that he he did in his uh promo a couple of weeks ago yeah the kids are going nuts for it like they, they cut to the kids in the audience and they're like going crazy for the bullfighting gimmick guy yes Vince pushes pushes a hard ole at the end of the match too. Perfect calls him the Frito Bandito, <laughs> which was almost my line from Perfect of the night, but no, he, he tops it. We're at twelve minutes forty seconds ish in, and we're with Sean Mooney in the event center. Uh, Jake the Snake uh, has uh, his snake is shed. Uh, and its skin has found its way onto Mooney's tie. He's wearing Damien. This is awful. <laughs> oh, poor Damien. First up is an interview with the Mountie, and for some reason, Jimmy Hart. Yes, Jimmy Jimmy Hart. I'm just going to start calling him Jimmy Hart just because. Just because. <laughs> He's almost getting good at flipping his cattle prod, the Mountie is. Mm -hmm. Check out the second time he does it, he almost hits himself in the face. <laughs> Hart calls him the uh, backbone of his stable and his great hero. Yeah, so this is the first time, like, I knew, like, uh, um, Hart had a lot of people that he managed, but I had never heard him uh, refer to it as the Hart Organization. Right before this so now he has he has a stable that he refers to as the heart organization the mountie's not doing too well in this one he's tripping all over this generic promo and, and this is why i, I go back to sean here because sean did such a great promo mally starts off like he's doing a tinder profile with hot to trot <laughs> <laughs> swipe right for the mountie yes exactly it was all over the place He's like, let me tell you something about the Mountie. By the way, do you know who, do you know who I am? I was like, yeah, you just told us. You told us who you are. <laughs> you dress like Dudley Do-Right. You got a thing behind you that literally says the Mountie. There's another dude in a picture with a horse behind you. Exactly. Who could you be? <laughs> that, that's... That's his that's his old gimmick. It's just like, I am the Mountie. Am I supposed to be bewildered? Am I not supposed to realize that? Yeah. <laughs> Based on your getup, I'm going to assume that you're some type of Canadian mounted police. <laughs> uh, high energy is next. Uh, they're giving each other kind of like low high fives and stuff, which is scaring the hell out of the bird. The oh. bird is freaking out. Yes. They don't want to do anything near the bird because the bird's just going to fly away. They're still in different outfits. Coco has not gotten his uh, neon taxi cab suspender pajama pants yet. No. Uh, they're soaring to do heights, but they are, they're they actually calling out the nasty boys. So they got an opponent now. They, yeah, they had a focus in this promo, but the promo was still no chemistry whatsoever you've got owen 
you know, doing his thing, but then like Coco's like stepping all over him everywhere, just like laugh. He's like his hype man, but he's a really bad hype man. <laughs> yeah, he can't find the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says, "Yeah, over the lyrics." Exactly. He, it's gotta be in the windows. When I pause, they are talking all over each other, but they're they're talking all about energy. They got lots of energy. Yes. All right, we get it. You're high on you. You've exhausted me. <laughs> We're in a sixth segment already, and it's a pre-tape. Happy Mother's Day from the Legion of Doom. Yes, this is the first time that I hear him do the What a Rush. Um, and it actually comes up in later in their in their uh, uh, theme music when they're coming out. Like, I don't remember the What a Rush the last time they came out, but he doesn't do the What a Rush. He does the What a Mother's Day. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. What a happy Mother's Day. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't make any sense, but hey. They're coming out. We, we got a lot of uh, new Macho merch because there's a ton of neon green foam fingers for the Macho Man, but they do do some shots of LOD shoulder pads. A lot of merch shots in this match. The shoulder pads just look god awful. It's like they, they got some foam yeah. spray painted red with some foam black spikes in it. And like It looked like it would fall apart after wearing it one Halloween <laughs> yeah as awesome as lod's real shoulder pads look these were terrible yes the red tights are something davis and mark somebody i couldn't hear it because of all the uh the crowd noise yes uh the crowd's going crazy for lod vince is talking all over it. yeah they got no name recognition i got terry davis and mark no idea mark somebody because yeah the fink's totally drowned out and the graphics are asleep because uh there's no red tight lower third with their names. No. We cut to more merch. We got LOD wrestling dummies. Yes. Also look pretty crappy. But you know, that was that was WWF toys back in back in those days. They didn't no attention to detail. No. It was just like stuff a pillow and throw something that looks like animal and hawk on it. <laughs> Instantly starts with a double team of the red tights. Hawk tosses one of them out. Yeah, they attacked him. Yeah, before the bell. I was like, wow, that looks like a very heel thing to do, but okay. He had new respect for Animal in this one. He, he does this uh, like huge drop kick. Mm -hmm. He's 300 pounds. Yeah. Announcers are even talking about it. They're talking LOD and the Beverly Brothers, but they even took a, a break to go, wow, that was a 300-pound drop kick. Yeah. Hawk uh, tags in, knocks out the poor red tight right out of his mullet. I mean, he just they're just yeah. really destroying these guys. Uh, did you get to cut the Paul Ellering? I have no idea what this meant. This didn't make any sense whatsoever. Elvis, I got your tickets. Or Elvis, have you gotten your tickets yet? Did you get the tickets, Elvis? Is exactly what he said. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they go to Ellering. It's a close-up of his face. And it's just Ellering attempting uh, at sounding profound while making no sense. And Vince actually backs him up. Because as soon as he goes, did you get the tickets, Elvis? And then Vince is just like, oh, how about that? <laughs> Elvis might be coming to the yeah, show. Exactly. Meanwhile, Elvis is dead. He's way dead. <laughs> he's, he's not alive. He's so dead at this point. He has left not only the building, but uh, <laughs> the planet, the mortal coil, yes, everything. Yes. He's, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Animal is jumping like crazy in this thing. He could go from the floor like way up. He's flying. Yeah. All over the place. Picture in picture with uh, a sissy proem from uh, Fredo Macho. Yeah, I was I was all upset because I thought they got away from the sissy angle thing, but they went right back to it. Yeah, they went head first into it because they didn't say a thing about sissies last week. 
they actually made sense and the promo made sense last week and then this week they're right back to sissies and i was like come on leaned in hard yeah doomsday device and it's over yeah they cut to a fan he's wearing like the entire merch table like he's <laughs> watch this guy i bought everything he's got a macho shirt he's yes. bought it all he's got yes. <laughs> i've got all the bling i've got all the the lod bling anything you can buy this poor guy's father had to pay for yeah say bitches look at me <laughs> <laughs> Guy's laying on the on the mat. Animal jumps up like nineteen hundred feet in the air to drop an elbow on him. I've yes. I just never realized how much height he can get. Yeah, match is over anyway. We got uh, WWF magazine gets in a plug and with a feature of LOD in it. Yes, a personality profile. Well, I keep on remembering having to remember that like they did vanish for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a little bit of time between WrestleMania eight where LOD just kind of disappeared and this was like their return. Yeah, since you only saw like a chunk of the roster at a time like you could go two three weeks without seeing somebody yeah and there was only four pay-per-views a year you can you can disappear for six months and not really notice that they've been gone as far as like the televised stuff with you know as we've already established they're 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 recording like four episodes three or four episodes at a time at one venue that's that's like three weeks right there of television tapings i'm sure there was like there's probably some challenges in here too uh, along with the superstars and then the rest of you know their money's coming from house shows after that yeah that they're they're just they're they're going all over the country with house shows while these these uh tv tapings are already done for like a you know three or four weeks what was the last time you've been to a house show uh, probably the one that we went to wow uh, yeah, <laughs> like, I know, like I penn state in the 90s yes I've been to pay-per-views, I've been to Raws and Smackdowns, yeah, and I've been so to house I, shows. Yes, exactly. I would love to just do house shows. Like, Wildwood, every summer in August, does a house show at the Wildwood Convention Center, whatever. It's mm-hmm. just a pier. Yeah. Uh, it's real small venue. It's like maybe like a double-sized high school gym. Mm-hmm. Maybe it fits 4,000 people in it. There's no promos. Yeah, all they are is matches, and they last a good chunk of time. And everybody gets to do stuff. Like it's not a six-minute match. Like Kevin Owens has a whole act that he puts on, just being a jerk to fans while he's wrestling. That's awesome. He'll take off his shirt and go to throw it at fans, and the fans are like getting their hands up to go get it, and he'll just drop the shirt right right over the rope onto the floor where no one can get it. That's awesome. It is yeah. great. So I wish house shows were more of a thing. I do have to. I'll have to take my kids to a house show. I mean, it's not. It's not high on the bucket list for my wife. I'm sure. But I, oh yeah, I think, they, <laughs> no. I think they, they, the kids might get a kick out of it. They do. Like you, my yeah. kids aren't the biggest wrestling fans in the world, but they loved going to the house shows. <laughs> Joe Moody's in the event center. He's commenting on LOD, and there's a segue into a promo for Money Incorporated and, for some reason, Jimmy Hart. Yes, Jimmy Hart just because. (laughs) Ted's uh, calling out the natural natural disasters and saying how uh, this was a great thing for him uh, financially. He's a champion. He's making money. He's got gold. Yes. And then uh, IRS says something nonsensical. He just – he goes off on, you know – People, the, the the natural disasters, not paying their, their taxes. It's like, you know, he's, he's calling all these people out for being tax evaders. And it was just like, hey, man, you don't have any proof. That's right. 
<laughs> Moody pivots to Paul Bearer and The Undertaker. Yes. Paul's talking to Fuji. It's manager against manager here. He's like, let the berserker run on down. That way, The Undertaker will be able to grab him. Yes. <laughs> Send him to hell. Yes. And it's all over. This was um, the first time I've ever seen uh, an Undertaker promo where I felt like he was a little bit off his game. The Undertaker or Paul? The Undertaker. He goes into this reference to the gates of hell. Yes. And it just felt like he got he caught himself and it was just like, I forgot where I was going with this. And he comes out of it. Oh, it's okay. It's like, yeah, and um, yeah. I'm the guy who opens those gates. I'm the gatekeeper. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul is the key master. <laughs> and, <Yes>. uh, <laughs> Yes. And Zool. <laughs> there is no, there is no data. Only Zool. <laughs> yes, Mick, Rick Moranis is walking around with a shirt half back. Well, yeah, yeah it's like uh, Pritchard. Maybe we should do this one again. <laughs> yeah, I don't. They they kept that one. That was like that was it. But yeah, I could definitely notice that was he did. He did get caught up in the gates of hell. I mean, they're 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 tough gates. Yeah. We're back, and it is. Uh, we're in the ring with Cato, the third member of the Orient Express. Yes, and he's kind of like a, an elevated red tight here for uh, power cord entrance crush. Yes, we're still pretending like he's never been here, that he hasn't been a tag champion. Yes, we don't know who Crush is. <laughs> so a little bit on on Cato. Cato, we as we know, is is part of the Orient Express uh, with Tanaka. Uh, but Cato was uh, in a, a throwback to one of my earlier references with the the, the cat. Um, uh, he was Paul Diamond. Mm. So Paul, Di- I I remember Paul Diamond for some reason as being like one of the higher echelon um, uh, red tights. Well, I remember Cato wearing the mask because he was an Oriental. His name is Paul. Uh, th- this is such a great idea. Like you're, you're quote unquote debuting crush. Uh, let's let's go into Vince land and pretend we've never seen this tag team champion before. Yeah. Um, okay. So you put him in with a guy who absolutely can work. Yes. Who is tiny. He's going to be able to bounce all around crush the whole match. Yes. And so crush looks 80 feet tall compared to this guy. And he can just like sell every move. This is like really good casting. This was a great idea. Yes. That they didn't just use, mullet red tight they actually used a, re- a real wrestler well in hindsight you know and knowing you know a little bit more about uh, um the art of this now you you gotta figure that's because crush is really not that good of a wrestler yeah you gotta you gotta get a guy in there that that can work uh you know what's what's the term that's used can can work with a broomstick yeah so and, and that seems to be what Crush is. I mean, it was just it was just a bunch of power moves. The one move I did appreciate uh, was him lifting Kato off the ground with one arm. That was pretty damn cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Tilt the World Backbreaker. Uh, yeah. I like that one. Um, the the fin- A lot of these guys in this time period, I'm noticing, like, this is our fourth episode, and the finisher is the weaker of the moves. Yes. Like, they always have a better setup than the finisher itself. Crush is posing after, like, every move. Yeah. Like, he does a move, and then he'll pose. This reminded me a lot of a Brutus to Barber beefcake match. Okay. I did not understand how bad Brutus was. Yeah. Because every time I saw him, he was wrestling someone spectacular. Like, I'd watch... 
Brutus versus perfect and Brutus looked like a God. But then mm -hmm. when I finally like understood what was going on, yeah. Brutus is barely doing anything and perfect is just flying all over the place for him. Yes. And Brutus would just strut and pose and like swing him into the ropes and perfect would like fall all the way over the ropes, yeah. crash on the mat. And you're like, wow, what a God Brutus is. Meanwhile, yeah. it's perfect doing everything. It's perfect doing all the work. Yeah. Kato's doing this whole match. Yes. This is Kato's match. Exactly. This is the funniest thing I ever saw. This is great. Um, Crush is a good guy now. Yes. It's Crush Light. Crush Light. He dusts Kato off after the match. Yes. <laughs> dusts him off, raises his hand yep. to celebrate basically the fact that he did all the work. But yeah. <laughs> raises his hand. <laughs> acknowledges this guy for making me look good. Then he lets go of his hand and Kato falls to the ground. Like the only thing keeping him up was Crush raising his hand. Yes. It Great. You are such a powerful man that I could barely stand after this match with you. Even that made him look good. It made him look like a good guy. It also made him look like, yeah, he really did kill him. The only thing keeping him upright was Crush. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. I was surprised I enjoyed that match that much. <laughs> I think it was just an enjoyment because it was so damn funny. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Kato made that match. Yeah, man. <laughs> We have a burning Ultimate Warrior picture mm -hmm. as uh, Papa Shango chants in a vo voiceover. Uh, it's kind of the same poem as last time, but it's more warrior specific. Yes, it was more of the river is red. Right. Uh, you know, nightmare and dread instead of river is red. Yes. So it's, he he's got some. He's got a real. Roses are red, violets are blue thing going with this thing. Yes. Shango's finally on screen. Like they do the voiceover and they finally pan to him. Mm. Um, if you go to uh, 24 minutes, 47 seconds in, you'll see Papa Shango get on screen just in time for you to see him burn himself. <laughs> oh, yes, I did see that. <laughs> he does this flash paper thing in his hand. Yeah, he scares the shit out of himself. Yeah. And actually, he's like, ah! <laughs> it's like, hey, exactly. It's like, ah! Yeah, I did see that. That was awesome. Yeah, we got Mean Gene interviewing Rick the Model Martel. Yes. Who's wearing a bunch of Tatanka's bullshit. And it is awesome. He's wearing the feathers. He is a trendsetter. Oh my god. Wearing the wearing the uh Tanaka's feathers saying Tanaka's feathers have flown the coop. This was a good promo too. I will I will give I loved Rick it. Martel this one. Yeah. Uh, we get the replay of the arrogant spray, which model says yes. is a total accident. He has too much class. Dean's showing his age by saying he didn't just fall off the turnip truck. <laughs> like Gene, dude, there's no more turnip trucks. The model's explaining how he couldn't have possibly have done it on purpose. He's like, he's got too much class. And then he goes, yes. look at me. And perfect with the line of the night's going, he looks great. <laughs> this is real dry, real soft. Just, he looks great. He looks great. <laughs> looks great. That's awesome. Model's awesome. He's chewing the scenery in this interview. Yes. Uh, he gives Tatanka the Indian name of Whining Arrow. That was awesome. We get quotes about dances with wolves and trails of tears. Yeah. And I'm actually coming back around to the idea of scripted interviews. They just need, like, whoever wrote this one. Put them back on staff. Yeah, this one was definitely a scripted. Because uh, it does great. Some of them are good, unless you, unless you know how to talk. You know, they should just they should pick them. You know, whoever whoever can talk, just let them do their own promos. Whoever can't, get somebody to script them. Yeah, I mean, again, you got you know both members of Strike Force. You've wrapped them in the dumbest gimmicks of all time, mm -hmm. and the model just 
runs with it and Tito looks like he's completely lost. Exactly. We uh, get our um, our match of the night, really. It's uh, name versus name. Sarge comes in saying happy Mother's Day. Yeah. And then we get, uh, quote unquote, also Spark Zarastrusta. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. This is the worst, worst version. Phony Strauss. Yes. Uh, Red Robe Flair coming out with Perfect. Yeah, Flair all, always looks, you know, like a million bucks. Yeah, Flair really looked good in this match. Like, really looked good. Yeah, yeah. Crowd goes nuts for Sarge, uh, who was like the biggest heel of all time. They literally had to like move WrestleMania because they were worried about security with this guy. Yeah, just over a year before, prior to this. Like, everybody hated him. Now the place is going crazy for him. It's like Hogan showed up. Yeah. Uh, his music is ever climbing and terrible. This thing just kept on modulating up like a half step at a time. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. Um, they start the match. As Sarge immediately swipes at Flair as Flair's doing his kind of like... Yeah. His, uh, and Flair's like laughing at him. He's like, no, no, not yet. Come <laughs> like, dance around a bit. You know they were playing around with each other. That was awesome. I wanted to go and count how many times they went in and out of the ring. Yes, I was I was going to mention that. Like, Slaughter takes a massive bump into the turnbuckle. I have never seen him flip over the turnbuckle like that and fall to the floor. And then right after that, like, Flair does the same exact thing. Yeah. You know, both of them went flying over the turnbuckle and, and all the way down to the floor. It's like, it was like a anything you can do, I can do better type match. Yeah. It, they, it, they went to the ground like six times in this match. Yeah. The Mountie comes down, uh, and for some reason, Jimmy Hart's with him, uh, with a box. What's in the box, then? What's, What's in, in the, the box? box? What's in the box? What's in the well, box? Is, I didn't understand the, the, the process here, because the Mountie comes down by himself. Right. Sits down, and then Jimmy Hart comes down with this box ever so sneakily. Like, you're not supposed to notice him coming down with his box, but you totally notice him. Mm-hmm. Sits it under the Mountie. Like, why did why did Jimmy Hart have to do that? Why couldn't the Mountie just... Come down with the box. Exactly. I don't know. It, it looks like a gigantic adult toy, first of all. <laughs> I said that. Not a porno, is what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> yeah, chopped by Flair, Fred Flintstone punched by Sarge, and the Mountie uh, finally gets the box open. Yes, what's in the box? It's a yeah. giant shock stick. Flair takes a back body drop from a crazy height. Like mm-hmm. Flair, Flair's moveset, this is the same stuff he was doing up until his retirement matches. Yeah. But how well he did it in this this match really uh really like popped out of me. Like he he would do these things, but he's doing it so much faster and so much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh and like his body's working a lot better. So although yeah, I'm looking at like a typical flare match, I'm looking at it done like so well. Uh, he gets height. Like I've never seen flare get height or I just don't remember him like 20 years later. Yeah. He wasn't taking bumps like this, even though he's doing the same kind of act. Uh, the man, Bounty pad, yeah, he pulled this gigantic pole out of a box. Yes. No, uh, no symbolism there whatsoever. Sarge takes the worst bump of the night with Flair, kicks him from the corner. Yes. Uh, Flair, believe it or not, gets caught climbing the top rope and gets slammed. Didn't see that coming. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But he gets tons of air when he does that move. Yeah. Flair tried to catapult Sarge and he's too heavy. And I don't know if that was real, like part of the match, like he tried, yeah. but he couldn't. 
Or if he really tried and he couldn't. Slaughter just couldn't get himself up and over. Just couldn't do the slingshot. I think, honestly, because these guys are both veterans at this point, I think they were just messing with each other. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to slingshot you, Sarge. And Sarge is like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not. You're going to figure another way out of this. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly. turning into a crab because I'm not going. Uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to shoot myself up. Yeah. Sarge eventually gets hung on the top turnbuckle and the Mountie zaps him with his uh, electronic rod. Oh, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something I don't understand. Before he gets before he gets uh, uh, hit with a with the rod. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's go back a sec. Let's slide that rod back out for just a second. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, <laughs> slaughter uh, after the, the catapult. Um uh, Flair turns him over and almost does like this half Boston crab on him. Yeah. And then Slaughter taps. Does he tap? Slaughter starts tapping the mat. He Slaughter starts tapping the mat. But the match is not called. Oh, I, I got to see that. At that point. I was like, look, he's tapping the mat. The match should te- technically be over. Like, I know he's only tapping it to say, oh, I'm in such pain. But, you know. I'm going through this thing and Flair is just bouncing everywhere. Yeah, he took a backdrop off of Sarge that like is higher than any backdrop I've seen. It's crazy how good Flair was at this time. At, at one point, Vince refers to this as a nip and tuck matchup. And it went back and forth. It was on the it was on the ground a million times. Back in the ring, it was quick. Like they're both moving fast, and Sarge is not a light dude. No. Oh yeah, there there it is. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to he's trying to catapult him. Then he gets him into like this half Boston crab. And yeah. he's he's shaking his head no. Oh yeah, he's tapping on the ground. He's tapping out. He taps the ground. He taps. I think he's laughing <laughs> because he is. couldn't do the catapult ten seconds later. It's like they tried to launch me into the rope. Ha ha ha! Yeah. And he's tapping on the ground. He's doing <laughs> that it. didn't work. Uh, yeah, I mean the point here is uh, we're actually setting up a different feud. It's not going to be Flair Sarge. No. It's going to be Mounty Mounty Slaughter. It goes back to the Mounty's promo where he was saying he's the. He's the wrestler of law and order, and which I thought was going to set him up for the boss man. Well, we've already done that. Like, the boss man was a real early opponent of his. Like, when was the thing where he got locked in jail in, in New York? Oh, yeah. That was the blow off of that thing. The ref doesn't see any of it. For some reason, Jimmy Hart uh, is in with his Dumbo ringmaster outfit. Yeah. Uh, this thing's horrible with the tails. Yeah. Uh, runs off with the shock stick. And then the Mountie runs in to congratulate Flair and Perfect. And then Hart comes back. Yeah. Uh, jumping up and down like a moron. Yeah. This pointing, pointing at Slaughter who's just laying there like dead in the middle of the ring. <laughs> I don't know why Jimmy Hart is is just just seeing him again. He's just so irritating. Yeah. Like not in a good way either. No, there's too much Jimmy Hart. He's in the Baron Corbin way. Yeah. I know I'm supposed to hate him, but I'm hating him because I hate him. Yeah. I hate him because it's too much exposure. It's like the sun. like <laughs> the sun. He's like the sun. Uh, Mountie is just yelling at Sarge as officials come down to help him. Yeah, two guys in white coats because the, the, they had the official white coats on that allowed him them to roll him onto a gurney. I'm sure they're medical professionals. Exactly. Mountie on Mike mentions that uh, he is the Mountie. Uh, and once again, just in case we didn't know, that's his, that's his catchphrase. I am the Mountie. Okay, got it. He's taunting Sarge, calls him U.S. scum, gets stretched out. And then there's something that I don't I don't have the timeline on. 
he uh, starts saying, I'm the Mountie, I'm handsome, I'm brave, I'm strong. And I don't, mm -hmm. I did not think that his theme song had turned to that yet, where he, uh, I thought it was still like the Canada kind of national anthem type sounding music. I don't know. Yeah, because this is this is the point where like, like nowadays, if, if they do one of these, you know, run-ins, I guess you could call it, and then the, the whoever gets the upper hand, or when you know they're still in the ring, they'll play their music. This is way before that, so you you, you don't get to hear the music at this point. So I would not. I have to see when uh, they bring the Mountie in for an actual match. What what music he's using? Because I, I didn't think he was doing the. Uh, I didn't think his his song music was there yet. No. Uh, word is back that Sarge has regained consciousness, but that's all they know about him. Yeah, they'll keep you updated. The nasty boys. Are coming down to the ring accompanied for some reason by jimmy hart <laughs> jimmy hart just because he's there's way too much jimmy hart it's like he went backstage switched his jacket now he's right back out with another feud he's on the show a lot yeah between promos and the live matches he is on the show a bunch brian uh bringler brian brieger and bill pierce bill pierce was Another, he was in ECW as Chris Michaels, who was, uh, oh, okay. I don't remember Chris Michaels from ECW, but he was, William Pierce is also Chris Michaels in ECW. We got four guys in the ring right now and uh, all four sporting mullets. Yes. It's mullet palooza. Yes. Hockey hair and full effect. As they should in 1992. Yes. Vince at one point mispronounces Brian Brieger's name is Brian Rieger showing that he really doesn't care about these red tights. He just wants to see the nasty boys. Well, how many times have, have we already seen him like call the tag team red tights by the opposite name of the guy who's in the ring? Yeah. Like he was calling the other guy Dwayne Gill like a couple of yeah a couple of episodes ago sags and knobs are absolutely killing the guys uh vince mentions that high energy are their next big opponents yeah perfect comes in pleading the fifth about slaughter of course and jimmy sart says you need insurance like for what you need insurance if you are going to fight the nasty boys you have to be insured the managers are not making too much sense no vince and uh, Perfect are still talking about the Slaughter match. They're talking about the World Bodybuilding Federation. I mean, this match is complete wallpaper. It's just it's just in the background. Well, so this is this is something I'm going to have to look up because they plug a Family Feud episode with the w WBF and Cameo against uh, WWF superstars. Uh, I didn't write them all down, but it was like it was basically Jimmy Hart, Stable, and Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> and like perfect in there too yeah sags goes off the top rope for the pin we get no pit stop i guess you got to pay for that uh, yeah. they're just like buying time for vince to talk about other things yes apparently they needed they needed filler yeah they really ignored this match knobs even tries to get a promo at the end he goes over the camera starts talking to it but immediately they they wipe to wwf magazine and a tribute to hulk hogan yes we don't need any nasty boy stuff we need to see more hulk hogan off the screen knobs you're done yeah you're done not one mention so far tonight about our champion macho man randy savage no nope. and as a savage guy i'm i'm a little i'm a little hot about that last week was his episode now he's gone for a little while he is the <laughs> champion yeah he should be mentioned at least every week they've they've mentioned hulk hulk is in witness protection he might as well even be on a uh, he's on a milk carton at this point like yeah. no one's seen him since wrestlemania 8 
He was barely there before WrestleMania 8. Yeah. We had Hogan up the wazoo. Meanwhile, our champion, nowhere to be found. No. We're at the event center, plugging the magazine again. Uh, and then we get Luke and Butch, the Bushwhackers, screaming about us, about spring and how people are happy. Yeah. And they're like happy people. Bushwhacker ruse. Yeah, the Bushwhacker ruse. I guess that that's that's like the the Hulkamania acts, but the Bushwhacker ruse. Yes, Bush Bushwhacker ruse for people that love the Bushwhackers. We got the Berserker next. Huss. 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 They let Fuji talk. They did. Why? I don't know why, but they they want him to be as stereotypical as possible. Sayonara, Undertaker. Yes, Sayonara, Undertaker. (laughs) They're going to burn burn him again. They're going to cremate him in a Viking funeral. So here's something I didn't realize about the Berserker. He wrestled in WCW as his actual name, which is John Nord, and he had a really, really long winning streak that came to an end by Goldberg. Really? Goldberg brought his 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 winning streak to an end, yes. Oh, so like after he's the Berserker? Yes. He goes to WCW? He goes to WCW, has a long winning streak, and then they just bury him with Goldberg. <laughs> wow. Berserker saying he's uh, unstable and he's a big Berserker uh, with a big sword. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> I tell you, man, the, the references on this show. A little phallic today. Yeah. All right, we got a replay of Sarge getting zapped. Don't know if there's going to be any long-term effects. And uh, that's it. Show over. Yeah. Our big main event match isn't the last one. No. I guess they didn't want to go out with Sarge getting hurt. Even though they did it with The Undertaker. That's how that one ended. I think after the, the, the Flair Slaughter match, they wanted a little bit of time so they could kind of, you know, air that one out a bit why end with the nasty boys that you're going to ignore yeah the entire match and talk about other stuff it was goofy goofy way to end it was it was yeah it, that, that's it there we go sayonara <laughs> sayonara undertaker sayonara undertaker uh overall thoughts well the um i i actually this was probably my favorite episode thus far because we started to get a little bit more depth to some of the uh, um, feuds that we're starting to see bubble for whatever they're bubbling for. Um, you know, uh, I thought the, I thought the, um, the finish to the flare slaughter with a, with a, with the Mali was pretty good, you know, for this time period, it sets up a nice feud there. It's not just like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hurt you because I want to hurt you. There's, there's some reason there. You've got, the whole thing going on with Tatanka and, and Martel and they've elongated that. So, you know, there's there's some storyline there that's starting to build and starting to build. They're really good at doing that. Like that's one thing I noticed is how they layer mm-hmm. the stories and they layer the feuds. So like you had the the big I mean it's basically the same thing that happened in, in this episode, but with two different people. You had Tatanka get sprayed and injured yeah. by the model who stole some of his, his crap. Yes. And then that this week is built upon. The model comes out, he's being really obnoxious about what he did. So that yeah, the big event happened the week before, and now there's the aftermath that's building, you know, between those two. And in this uh, episode, you have the Mountie kind of do that to Sarge and probably 
in the episode to follow. You're going to see the aftermath there, mm-hmm. and they'll probably start another feud there. So there's like this this dovetail uh, where there's a layering of stuff. Not everything happens like the first night after a pay per view on Raw, and then we're going to see three versions of the same match till the blow off match at the pay per view. Exactly. You know, this happened last week, and here's the aftermath. But this is happening this week, and yeah, it's just really good ways to pace the pacing of the stories i really like yeah it's, it's that slow build i don't like macho being on the milk carton i think our champion deserves a, a little bit of uh you know i know he's not gonna be wrestling for free certainly not in this era no but you should you know you should get a promo you should see something with the champ well it, we didn't see any we didn't see any sid um who was supposedly well you know, it's sid and, and where i'm sorry who was, who was, um, oh, it's Flair. That's what it is. So we saw, we saw Flair. Yeah, that's right. You didn't even know. I had to think too, who's, who's Macho's opponent? Who's, yeah. who's vying for the title right now? Yeah. I didn't remember. Yeah. It took me a second there. I, for some reason I thought it was Sid, but no, it's Sid and Ultimate Warrior right now. They got Flair on the show and they don't mention that he's, uh, going after the Macho Man. No, nothing, nothing with the Macho Man. Sid, I think is gone, but he, but the interchangeable parts there was going to be Sid Hogan, Papa Shango Warrior, and they could do any com- combination. Looks like Hogan's out. Looks like Sid's gone, so now we're left with Papa Shango and Warrior. Papa Shango. Kamala coming back. Made my day. I love Kamala. Him and Papa Shango should get together and have babies. <laughs> Kamala Shango? Yes, Kamala Shango. Best match? Uh, best match? I got to go with the Flair Slaughter. I thought that was good. I thought it had a good good finish to it, and it, and it made sense. And it made everybody, you know, it, it didn't uh, um, de, uh, you know, substantiate um, – how big of a person Sergeant Slaughter is because it gets hit with the, you know, the shock sticks. So that's why he goes down and Flair is still protected and it makes, you know, uh, Mountie look like this monster heel, even though his promos are crap. So, you know, I, I thought that, that, that was the, the capper for the night. I thought that was good. That is my best match too. I mean, I, just seeing Flair do everything that he normally does, just at a much higher level going back in time and seeing a young version of flair do the moves that we know so well red tight of the week i'm going with bob bradley on this one just because he was he was battle cat he's battle cat battle cat 2 electric boogaloo he was battle cat 2 yes he was it looked like he could kick somebody's ass my red tight of the week definitely kato kato is mine I mean, he made Crush look like a million bucks. I almost became a fan of Crush after seeing Kato work around them so well. Yeah. And just the ending. So far every week, there's something that I've never seen before and never seen since, but wish I did. Mm-hmm. Crush dusting the guy off after he beat him, <laughs> but being friendly enough that, hey, this is, you know, there is no reason that you have to be a Viking with a sword and try to kill the guy. Yeah. No other sport would be like this. No, no, you don't need that. This was a sporting event. Crush came down. There was another opponent. They wrestled. One guy won. And it was that's all it was. So he dusts the guy off. He raises his hand. Thank you for a nice contest. Mm-hmm. Let's go of his hand. Goes to walk out. The guy falls to the ground. Like, falls on the ground. Kato, my red tight of the week. Wonderful. Next week, we get uh, Warrior versus either Knobs or Sags. Yes, they have not mentioned. I wonder why that is. You say one of them. Uh, I think they haven't decided 
who's going to draw the short straw and have to wrestle the warrior? <laughs> like, yeah. You do it. No, you do it. Like, we can't make up our mind. Just exactly. Say one of them. So I, uh, I, I wrote down the, the ultimate warriors promo again, word for word. Oh, this one actually, this, this one actually makes a little bit more sense. So I don't think this one's going to be as, as much of a stretch for you to try and, and defend. Um, Cause as I wrote it down, I was like, all right, this sounds like something he would say, but, but make some sense. So we're going to go through this though. All right. This is becoming like my favorite segment. Dom translates the warrior. I like this. <laughs> Dom translates the warrior. Okay. So ready? All right. Only a few sunsets and sunrises since the return of the most awesome force in the WWF. Okay. So yes, this is the warrior. He's returned. It's not been long. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally understandable. <laughs> That's pretty pretty good. <laughs> this is okay. It's pretty pretty straightforward. Okay, and, and things remain down and dirty and nasty all around. All right, that, that's a reference to the Nasty Boys. M- mildly clever. <laughs> Still walking unaffected by the curse of voodoo put upon us by Papa Shango. Yeah, Sister Warrior saying, this match is stupid. They're making me do it. My true opponent is is Papa Shango. Yes. And the curse was put upon us, by the way, not not upon the... So he refers to himself... Well, he's well. the, the warrior is, is the... It's a royal we with him. Yes. <laughs> now we walk and venture into the armpits of you, the nasty boys. Yes, well, that's, you know, he's referring to the pit stop move there, I guess. I guess so. I don't want to go into the nasty boys' armpits. But the weird thing about this thing is uh, the warrior kind of wants to go there. He's saying he's going to venture into the armpit, like, on purpose. Oh, okay. Which uh, seems counterproductive. That's like going back into parts unknown. We might not see them again again for a while. But what you don't realize, knobs and sags, next week, the curse shall be put upon you. Yeah, again, he's just trying to see. My real opponent's Papa Shango. I got to do this for TV. We're not giving away the Papa Shango match, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's really, it looks like knobs and sacks are turning into uh higher tier, higher tier red tights, higher tier red tights. Exactly. Right. Like enhancement talent. Yes. Cause exactly. if you're going to debut high energy, you can't have them lose their first match. And so they're going to, no. they're going to job to high energy, give them some credibility. Well, yeah. Knobs and sags have been around long enough. They were former tag team champions. I think Vince actually mentioned that at one point. Yeah. Uh, during their match that they were former tag team champions. So, you know, giving them a little bit of credibility there that, you know, maybe there's that slight hint of doubt uh, that the ultimate work could take one of them out because they were former champions. Uh, I am wondering, since we've gotten a lot of name versus, have we had a, a uh, yes, we did. We only had one uh, clean finish to a name versus name so far. And that I think was Warrior Skinner. Yes. Everything else has had some kind of like Berserker Undertaker. Wasn't even a match. Wasn't even a match, a non-match match. You had uh, yeah. this uh, flair and, well, you had Tatanka model and the model sprayed him. Mm-hmm. No, wait, that wasn't, no, that wasn't, no, that that wasn't, wasn't a match. match. He just came that out. That was Tatanka against a red yeah, He came out. Yeah, and then the model came uh, out at the end after Tatanka was celebrating. Yeah. So that's a match for a later day. This one had, well, the Sarge match had the, the, uh, the zap to it. 
Yes. So I'm thinking something's and well, the one that we saw from Challenge where they had Bulldog Repo and they had him getting hung. Yeah. So I'm thinking Shango's coming out. I think we're planting the seeds that Shango might be coming out to the next match. We will see if I am right. Wonderful. All right. Yes. Till next time. You know, I actually had a really good super kick-ass tagline to get us out of these things, and I completely forgot it. I didn't write it down. I have no idea what it was. Okay. I think we should just go with Sayonara Undertaker. Sayonara Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we'll get to a certain point where nobody will know what that means, but it'll still be awesome. Sayonara Undertaker. Sayonara Undertaker. Uh, All right, words.